Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're letting it breathe as we get on our Facebook group. Looks like we're good to go. Welcome into the Huddle Up Podcast. Uh, I'm John Cronenberg filling in for Chad Jensen. Uh, how are you doing, uh, Zach? I'm imitating what I hope by now Chad's wife is going through in labor, hopefully pain-free, breathing it out, delivering his wonderful baby boy. But yeah, guys, if we have a different kind of look tonight, it's because John Kay, our producer, is co-hosting with me. Chad Jensen, as most of you know, he's in the hospital right now waiting on the birth of his baby boy, which the name of which, John, I don't think has been decided yet based on what I know and what what you know. But uh, we have an interesting show tonight. Talk about Broncos OTAs. Talk about a certain quarterback that committed a certain turnover today. And it's also the Mile High Mailbag. And again, we have the producer here, John K. We have myself, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL. That's John K. MHH. How are you doing, though, John? I'm doing quite fine tonight. I'm doing fantastic. Really excited to be able to speak to people for the first time in a long time. It's I haven't been able to speak about the draft, anything like that. So really, throw your questions at me tonight. I'm excited to talk about the Broncos football tonight. Uh, but as you were saying, with Chad, I don't think a name has been decided yet. So it's definitely going to be exciting to see what's going to happen. Uh, definitely know that Broncos country is definitely interested in that as well. So why don't you lead us off with our first topic? Yes. And yes, guys, as you heard, fire your questions off to John. I want him to bring the heat tonight. So anything you guys want to know about the Broncos and make it care of John Cronenberg. But we're going to start off tonight's episode by getting into some Melvin Gordon talk. He gave an interview with the Jim Rome show yesterday. I wrote up the story today on MileEyeHuddle.com. He was asked, of course, about Teddy Bridgewater. He was asked, of course, about uh, the rumors about I was going to say Alex Rodriguez. I don't know why. Aaron Rodgers. Here's what he said, though, about Bridgewater. Quote, it's just crazy. It's crazy because I train with Teddy in Florida. I've known Teddy, been throwing with Teddy, and catching with Teddy for a while. It's funny because I I was actually talking with Teddy about Denver. I was like, bro, it's a great place. It was funny to see him end up here. End quote. Okay, that's a fairly vanilla quote. I mean, he helped recruit Bridgewater, and he he knew him, obviously, from their connections in the NFL. He brought him to Denver, sold him on Denver, brought him into Denver. He got him to compete for a starting job. He he got him to that point. But then, now, again, Alex Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, 
is in the scope of Broncos country, and there's rumors about the Broncos' acquisition of the reigning NFL MVP. So he was asked, Gordon was, about the Aaron Rodgers rumors, quote, that's going to be bittersweet. My Wisconsin people, he played collegially at Wisconsin, are going to be hurt if Aaron Rodgers leaves, and I hate to see them sad. With that going on, it's just crazy. I don't want to speak too much on Aaron Rodgers because we got the competition between Drew Locke and Teddy. But it would be a disservice for a lot of fans to not see Aaron Rodgers play this year, regardless of what team he's on. And I'm sure that a lot of people turned on the TV because of him. Now, John, what do you make from those quotes? Did you look at it like it was a curious statement? Did you look at it like it was cliché? How would you summarize Melvin Gordon's comments on the Broncos quarterbacks and the rumors surrounding Rodgers? I think, first of all, of course, I definitely um, think that bringing in uh, Teddy Bridgewater, he's, he's saying all the right things when it comes to Teddy. I do think he actually believed that, though. He does want you know Teddy to come in, be competition, be that veteran uh, leadership. Uh, but when it, otherwise, you know, who else can deny that they don't want Aaron Rodgers coming in as much? Who, who's going to say uh, things you know against? Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Well, I mean, for for me, it's one of those things where um, I just I just really think Gordon is is comfortable saying whatever he feels. I really don't think he's going to hold back. Uh, he's a, he's a veteran at this point. He knows what he's saying. He understands the 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 politics of the NFL. So he he's making those statements, and he knows who's going to hear it. He knows he knows who's going to pick it up. And I don't think he you, it should be uh, anything shocking. I don't find that shocking. Uh, he's holding something back himself. He's not in Denver. He's not in OTAs. He's choosing to train on his own right now. And what's interesting in that quote, he actually said, it's a great place. It was funny to see him see him end up there. Not here, but there. And you know why he said there is because he's not in Denver right now. Right. So it's an interesting uh, kind of survey into the Broncos locker room. It seems like, John, they're content with this lock Bridgewater battle. If not content, they're at least resigning themselves to that eventual fate. Aaron Rodgers is not coming to Denver. Deshaun Watson's not coming here. None of the quarterbacks in the draft came to Denver. It's looking like Teddy Bridgewater versus Drew Locke and may the best man win. And it seems like the locker room is embracing that. Yeah, I think the locker room has to embrace it at this point, though. What do you what do you expect them to say, really? Uh, I want Aaron Rodgers to come in here. If he if he Aaron Rodgers does come here in here, they can talk about that after the fact when the the move is made. At this point, you have to prop up your own guys. I don't expect anyone to say anything otherwise. Besides that, I mean, that's how I feel. And again, with with Gordon not being in Denver, I see that as you know. He did. He didn't come in Denver last year that quickly either. Remember, he he signed right. the contract, took some time. Um, so I, I'm not surprised by that at all. He he probably loves being in California. That's where his home is at this point. That's where he's made his bread and butter. Um, so I mean, I'm not blaming him. He's not forced to come into these organized uh, these organized team activities at this point. So um, that that is what it is. I, I was this is kind of an aside, but I was looking through the quotes uh, after the Broncos selected Javante Williams. He was asked if Gordon reached out and he said, yeah, he was he reached out on Instagram. He said, I'm happy to train and work with you. I, I just find it funny that Melvin Gordon's not in Dove Valley, John. He's not in the facility. He's not working with his teammates. It's another year uh, where he's training away, even though it's voluntary. It is his right. He just saw two now former Broncos hurt themselves away from the facility. He has a young second-round rookie vying for his job. A a couple weeks ago, he promised to endear himself to Denver and prove he's still an RB1 in the NFL. 
and doesn't show up for OTA. So I think that's who Melvin Gordon is, but I do appreciate his honesty with the quarterback situation. Yeah, I, and I agree with you. Um, and I, I, but I do think that this presents an opportunity for for Williams as well. So we can't th- think of this as a completely negative. So I'm definitely, uh, you know, I understand where he's coming from, but you know, we'll we'll keep going with that. Um, but I, I do see a super that uh, I wanted to get to. So I'm going to back yes. out for one second while I get that because it, it did skip. So I'm going to get that while you do that. While I do that, I'm going to be hopping out in and out a lot here today, uh, everyone. So if you see me hop in and out, I'll be back in, in a second. So uh, why don't you handle this super that we got from last night? Sure. And while I do that, I'll uh, get some others in the back. Yeah, guys, it's going to be kind of an uh, unconventional type episode. You have me full screen tonight, like good old times on 24-7 Sports. Anyone remembers that? John is so valuable as a producer. I love having him on here, but we need him in the background too. So if you see him pop in, pop out. If you see me go big screen every now and then, don't get scared. Don't reset your monitors. It's okay. I do want to pull up, though, John, if we can. I want to add this. Last night. Literally, as Chad and I clicked and broadcast, and a second after it ended, Jeremy, Black Knight, hopped in with this donation that set the all-time Super Chat record for the Huddle Up podcast. Listen, we don't like talking about that too much. We, we always just want your interaction. We always want your, your banter. We appreciate each and every one of you. We've never asked, but we have to acknowledge the fact that he blew us away, and he is now etched forever, Jeremy is, on the top of Mount Rushmore, holding the individual record for donations. It's a lot of coin, John, uh, and I could speak for Chad when I say it's going to help us further and advance and fine-tune and upgrade the brand, allow us to have new content, new VIP materials, uh, new items in the store. It's going to help the site become better, us become better. And Jeremy, if you're listening out there, no amount of thanks or appreciation coming out of my mouth right now can do this justice. It's a tough time right now in the country. I realize that everyone's out for their own, and I fully support that kind of lifestyle. But for you to bestow this type of generosity and this gift on us, it means the world, man. And again, from Chad, he was blown away. We were just shell-shocked after hopping off last night. And if you saw me on Twitter, John, Chad, Jeremy, I literally had the gif where the guy was just in shock. It was different shots of him, and that's how I was last night. So thank you so much, Jeremy. And I want to shout out, John, I believe it's Black Knight 323 Yes, so he, that's just a little bit flipped for his uh, Twitch handle. Uh, definitely does a lot of different streams, uh, does – uh, been doing a lot of mass effects. So if you guys are into that, check out his Twitch channel as well. It's really, it's a fun time. I head over there all the time. So feel free to do that. And, uh, great, great follow as well. Yeah. And again, Jeremy, thank you so, so, so much. We never expected anything like that. We will never ask you or anybody else to do anything like that, but your generosity literally humbles us more than we can ever express. And I can speak for everyone on this podcast, everyone who works for this company. We appreciate you so much. Thank you once again. Yeah, it's fantastic. Really want to get really quickly into the matters of business. As we were saying, this is the wow. Huddle Up Podcast. I get the left side tonight. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Side. That's how it's going to be. Uh, give us a follow at Huddle Up Pod for on on Twitter, uh, as well as the Mothership account on at Mile High Huddle. Feel free to also join us. Uh, c- click the blue button at Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle. Become a supporter. You'll get excellent stuff like the Trickle Zone. You'll get Kelberman's Corner on Sunday. Uh, just great content always, and it's it's really a fun time. I love being in there and just watching that. As well as uh, if, you, if you're if you able, I would appreciate it if you're able to. Uh, head on over to the store, get some nice gear. Uh, I know 
you got um, the, the the dad hat on. I'm kind of wearing the the traditional old school Broncos one just because I know people are always talking about um, which which style of they would like the Broncos to go into for their new logo or something like that. They're always saying, let's switch it up. I'd go back into the 60s. Um, also, would love it if you just head on over to facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod. Uh, and the biggest thing that you can do is subscribe, like, and share. That really goes a long way, helps us grow, re- reach new like minded fans like yourself. Yeah, I can. I'm just perusing the comments. Uh, I can. John, we have support for you already, though. In the shop with Willie, one of our, our great listeners. He's $2 super. Thank you, Willie. Just here to support uh, my man, John, tonight, killing it. See, John, you know, you were all, I don't know, you don't want to come on with me tonight, but I promised you, you have yeah. an audience here. You have a following here. They love you. Yeah, I know. I appreciate everyone speaking to you in the, the comments. Always is fun, but being here kind of face-to-face, is, it's really nice to be able to speak to you a little bit more closely. I uh, do want to shout out Muhammad real quickly as well. I um, always want to shout out Muhammad, our, our resident male model. I hope baby Malik is doing really good, Mo. Thank you, $5 Super, one of our esteemed members of this community. He goes, the beast and the dragon in the house. It is going to be epic, and he flexed for us with, I think, six flex emojis. So thank you, Mo, for that. We hope you're having a good night we hope you like tonight's different sort of podcast yeah i appreciate it mo it's always great you know again like i said we speak all the time but really congratulations on malik and uh it's, it's great to be able to speak with you do you want to show up as well we got georgian here at 440 coming in really early got a super sticker uh Sapir doing the thumbs up sorry i got it where he's a little a uh, squinty eyed but they definitely have uh the, the pair and it's always great to see that little pair come <laughs> off it's it's kind of a signature now of uh, all these stickers i really enjoy that it is a pair i didn't know what that was it's wearing a little uh baker mayfield headband though it looks like yeah i think let's see it it is I so think. yeah yeah it is so uh definitely uh appreciate that um and we got michaela coming in in, in here uh john is a rock star we love you i appreciate it michaela i know you're always supporting us uh it's it's always great uh to feel to see you as well and that's why she's a duchess john so michaela thank you so much for your support take me to your leader that's a new name, I believe, John, unless I'm mistaken. I, I haven't seen that before. It would stick with me in my recesses of my brain. Uh, welcome, though. Hey, hey, everyone. We appreciate you. Uh, feel free to uh, drop a question if you have one. Gary Leeds Palmer, good to see See, John, I'm talking about your fan base is growing. Yes, it is, day. definitely. I'm, I'm at 800 followers. I know it's not where you're at and the other guys are at, but, hey, I reached that 800 finally, so that feels pretty good. Um, got Kevin Peterson in here for a while. Uh, hasn't seen him in a while. Really great to see you, KP. Uh, it's been some time. So why don't we get a little bit on the topic at hand, though? Uh, why don't you talk us a little bit about what uh, okay. happened at OTAs today? Okay. Well, in the interest of fairness, I decided to write up the article. You can see it. John, why don't you pop it in the the, uh, the chat for everyone to see? I just It's been up now at mylionel.com, doing really well. Uh, OTAs today. Broncos had, I believe it was day three, and there's no live tweeting or live, you know, video or photos from practice. So the team, the Broncos on Twitter, put out a a 44-second highlight video. And at 40 seconds in that highlight video, a quarterback is throwing an interception. At least we think he's a quarterback because the Broncos, the way they edited the footage, it just shows Simmons picking off the ball. It doesn't show who's throwing the ball. But... Apparently, some sleuths on Twitter slowed down the video and happened to see Brett Rippon and Teddy Bridgewater on the sideline in back of the play. So by process of elimination, John, I mean, (laughs) three minus two equals one. 
I happen to believe that was Drew Locke. And if he was throwing to Simmons, that's first versus first in that sense. So, of course, Broncos Twitter, at least the sect of Broncos Twitter that wants Locke gone, which is a big sect, they hopped on this as, you know, he's the same old Drew Locke. He's never going to change, still throwing interceptions. And I want to just say, please pump the brakes. I mean, this is May 27th, and he's in practice, and he's throwing against possibly the best defense in the NFL and one of the best safeties in the NFL picked off the pass. I promise you Teddy Bridgewater will throw a pick either in the coming weeks or in training camp or in the preseason. It's not going to be the last one we see at Broncos practice, John, but it just reaffirms that a a lot of fans out there, I'm not gatekeeping, I'm not telling you how to be a fan. If you want to overreact to a two-second, discriminate, vague clip from a OTA practice on May 27th, that's your prerogative. That's all you. All I'm saying is this is what happens in OTAs. This is what happens when offense versus defenses play each other. And if you guys know anything about the NFL, anything at all, every single year, every single team at this point, again, May 27th, I want to caution the defense is usually well ahead of the offense in terms of installation for the upcoming season. It doesn't matter that they're returning the same coaching staff. They have the same playbooks. It's just they're further along in that process. I'm not going to sit up here, John. Last thing I'll say, it's not. I guess it's not great that he threw a pick. I mean, I can't celebrate that. But this is what the kind of player that he is. He's going to take chances. He's going to push the ball down the field. And he's damned if he do, damned if he doesn't. If he throws horizontal, he's killed for not taking chances. And if he takes chances and turns it over, he's killed for turning it over. I just don't understand the overreaction, though. And I I truly never will. Yeah, I think I saw the play. Um, Definitely go check that out on milehighhuddle.com if you want to see the clip uh, put together by the Denver Broncos. I can't fault anyone for throwing interceptions in OTAs. It really is one of those things where what do you expect him to do? Do you want him to throw it away in the practice, give away the rep, not give it to the defense? I mean, the, the defense right. earned that. Uh, so it's one of those things where I, I saw the, the the pass. It was intended to fant. It was in double coverage, which definitely is something you know you don't want to see. <sighs> but it's one of those things, again, what do you expect him to do? Do you want him not to force it, throw it away? I don't really expect that to happen in OTAs. I don't think that that's what – any of the coaches want either. So um, for me, it's really a non-issue, but at the same time, I know people are talking about different zip from Teddy Bridgewater and and Drew Locke. They're they're diving into those few plays that the Denver Broncos showed uh, really, really heavily and making decisions off of that when it's really just, it really is just OTAs. Got to give it some time to breathe. As we always say, let it breathe. Got to, got to get used to the receivers again. It's much easier for a, a DB to kind of, Go at it. Simmons, he's the best in the league, as you said, highest paid safety. He's going to go attack that ball and and make that play. So definitely. It's funny that you say that because as I wrote in the article, looks can be deceiving and it's all subjective. You know, you see what you want to see because earlier in the day, the Broncos actually released a clip and it was two passes. It was Locke throwing to Judy and it was Bridgewater throwing to Tim Patrick. Locke's pass was a rifle right on target to Judy, who caught the pass, by the way, held on to it. A rifle, perfectly on time in stride. If you want to look at Bridgewater's pass, it took a little longer to get there, a lot longer, actually, and it lagged behind Tim Patrick. And we're talking about a three-yard slant. This wasn't a 30-yard out route. 
So if you want to judge passes and OTAs, it works both ways. If you want to crucify Locke for throwing a pick, how about criticizing Bridgewater for throwing behind his receiver on a two-yard slant in an OTA practice? This is what's going to happen. Someone mentioned in the comments that Mahomes threw a pick in practice yesterday. Should he be cut? Should he be replaced? I mean, I understand never lump those two quarterbacks in the same sentence, Locke and Mahomes, but it's practice. We're talking about practice. This is what happens at this time. This is how they get better, and better on May 27th than September 27th, October 27th, December 27th. Get it out now. I want to see these chances. I want to see them push the ball down the field. I want to see aggression, and I want to see urgency. So if it means throwing a practice pick to Justin Simmons, so be it. And even just speaking to Teddy Bridgewater's throw, uh, you know, I I saw it as there was a person in coverage and there was a safety coming there. So I, I understand there's less zip on the ball. There's less going on there. But I also have to def- defend Bridgewater in saying that, hey, maybe you throw it a little behind him because you don't want uh, a receipt, you know, you're just practicing that so someone doesn't a safety doesn't come down and hit him, which is what I saw a little bit in that clip. However, again, at the same time, I, I'm not going to fault him there. It really is one of those things where it's practice, and uh, that's that's how I, I view it. So uh, why don't we get to real quickly? We're going to go back to Tr- Teddy a little bit in a second. I want to get to Stu Zeus. Zeus. I like it, John. That was a good one. That was a good Zeus. Thank you. Uh, he's Stu or Peak coming in. McPeak coming in here with a 1999 super. Let the competition begin. How's our offensive line looking so far? Um, from what I've heard, you know they're doing basically individual practices. Right. So you're not going to see, you know, you're not going to hear too much about it. But again, I, I've heard nothing but good things. Honestly, um, you know. I've seen a, I haven't heard much on Massey. That's where I really want to hear more about is Massey and the right tackle. But I'm feeling good when it comes to the guard positions and, of course, with Bowles. So I really think the, the Broncos are going to be a great team in terms of the trenches today, or this season, uh, especially if Massey can come along and see where uh, Miners is as well. It's so weird to say, and of course, I'm okay with bowls. We feel comfortable. It's just weird to to have that mindset still, but I'm happy. Um, yeah, like John said, it's tough judging offensive line play in spring and OTAs. It's a lot of seven-on-seven drills, uh, and, and the teams aren't practicing full bore ahead just yet. And you have players like Dalton Reisner who missed a couple practices. You don't have that cohesion. You'll get that earliest in training camp. That's where we'll have a more concrete report and update on the Broncos O-line because we'll see them go up against each other in the trenches, goal line drills, pass protection drills. That's when Munchak will sink his teeth in with the front five. But like John said, based on everything we've heard so far, which is, again, you know, infantile, uh, it's been positive. And also Quinn Miners. Uh, Bowles gave him a giant compliment, called him a beast. So yeah. I think that's a, that's a positive encouragement as well. I'm I'm very excited about the competition between Miners and Cushionberry. I really do think that's going to be beneficial for both of them. If uh, Cushionberry came in, by the way, and was able to you know work out, get stronger, I'm really excited to see how that's going to progress him as well. So it really is. There's a few competitions going on, uh, but I do yeah. think you know in terms of the guards, we're going to be set with with Reisner on the left side and Glasgow uh, heading on over to the right uh, guard position. So appreciate that very much, Stu. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site. 
out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Want to get to Sam Bam coming in here. Hey, guys, how do you see the cornerback depth, depth playing out? Wondering if Ojemudia uh, will be uh, seen as a starter or more as a depth guy. Go Drew Lock, let him hate. Uh, first of all, Sam, thank you for your donation. That's very generous of you. And you come on extremely strong as of late. Um, I would hope Ojemudia is not a starter. Otherwise, they wasted a lot of money in Kyle Fuller and Ronald Darby and a first-round draft pick in Pat Sertan. I, I like what Ojemudia could be in the NFL, but I, I think that's at most a cornerback two, whereas Kyle Fuller is a cornerback one when he's on. Ronald Darby last year was a cornerback one. Pat Sertan was drafted to be a cornerback one. Ojemudia, uh, like you mentioned, Sam, good, great depth piece, great depth piece. I mean, he came on fairly strong last year after his drop issues and the Green Bay Packers game and everything like that. Uh, I, I'm sorry, the Packers game, the Steelers game. That was a... Tr- a a horrendous game for him. But you also have the Sang Bassey back there. You have Duke Dawson. You have some other players that are fighting for their own spots. Uh, so it's going to be tough for Ojemudia to crack the lineup and see significant snaps. But as a cornerback four, let's say, you could do a lot worse. And we did see Ronald Darby speak to the press today. Uh, and he did speak about, um, you know, in terms of the the cornerback depth and all those different things, how it's it's much easier for him to assimilate right now because of guys that have been in this system before. Remember, Kyle Kyle Fuller has been in the system with Fangio when he was in Chicago. So Fuller, I know he's not there at OTAs yeah. right now, but that's one thing when you can expect when he comes in, he sh- he's going to know this system in and out as well. Simmons has been with this system another year. Jackson has been in this uh, system for another year. So I know that's talking about the safeties, but again, other cornerbacks, I think you're going to see a lot of 
the depth is just going to be quality, quality, quality. Uh, even with, uh, you know, Kerry Vincent. So there's competition up and down the board. It's really going to be one of those things where the Broncos are going to want to get as many people as they can on the practice squad. And if not, the players are going to be stolen, to be honest. They're going to be picked up right. by other teams that are needing those cornerbacks, especially if Bassey uh, doesn't make it or something like that, where if they're put on maybe Pup or something like that, you know, you have to – Throw them away that way, maybe on pop or something like that. Um, so definitely, it's definitely something to to look uh, into. But I don't think Ojemudia is going to be playing too many snaps uh, with so many other guys. But he's definitely a great depth piece. God, I wish Fuller would get to Dove Valley though. He's another guy that's training on his own right now. And even Vic Fangio said I had an article about this as well on MyLaHeddle.com. Uh, he doesn't really know what's going on. He just assumes that it's voluntary and he'll be back for mandatory practices. But I read a quote from Simmons, and he said he's talking to Fuller. He talked to him, and he can't wait to pick his brain. And I just wish, come on, Kyle, just get to Dove, get to Denver already. Let the best safety in the NFL work with you and become even better and thrive in this defense. I agree with you there. We got Black Knight in the house right now. We just want to say thank you one more time. We thank did you. give you a shout out at the beginning, but really it, it means the world to us. You're keeping the lights on and uh, really great to see you in here tonight as well. And again, um, any, any Twitch streamers, uh, again, his Twitch stream is Black Knight 323. Yes. Right, yes. Okay. So, Give him a follow, um, guys. Great Twitch streamer. Definitely. I'm going to pull up. We got a day from Georgia coming in here. Uh, still with a $10 super Thank really you, appreciate that. Uh, still the best Broncos podcast there is hashtag beast and a priest hashtag state of being hashtag Broncos country. Really pe- appreciate that. Dave, uh, if you have any other questions, let us know. We'll get that in there. Um, and as, and as we're going, um, let's see, we got, I also agree with Dave. It's the best Broncos podcast out there. Just saying. Yeah, it, I have again. When I listen to some other ones, there there are plenty of great different podcasts with different flavors. You can find it, but hey, we have our community. Yeah. We love our community. We love you guys. So that's why it it really is so much different than some of the other podcasts because we are so connected with you guys and we're able to speak to you and get to your questions, uh, you know, personally. Um, so gonna get to Simon here with a ten dollar super up in you, Canada. Uh, what up, guys? Do you think PS2, uh, Patrick Tan Jr., will be starting by the end of the season? Which of the rookies' safeties mm. do you think will get mm. the most reps? Great pair of questions here by Simon. Uh, I'll take the safety question, John. You take okay. the first question. So I, I really like Jamar Johnson more than Caleb Stern. I, I, I think he's more impactful. I think he has a higher ceiling, and I see – I see way more Simmons and I see more of a Will Parks or a Kareem Jackson and Stearns. And I just want the playmaker out there. If he can get some other aspects of his game fine-tuned, he was, you know, a mid to late round pick after all. The Broncos could have a steal and a future starter at safety. I'm really excited. After Sertan, after Baron, Baron Browning and Pookie Williams, I'm, I really want to watch Johnson play in that secondary. Yeah, I'm just going to piggyback off that a little bit. I do agree that Johnson is the, the guy you go with over Stearns, who you're going to see more reps go to. Um, but again, they're both going to be competing on special teams a lot. So that's uh, those are other ways we're going to see them and see them make flashes until then. But I'd love to see those guys get in there as the third safety, make some movement, uh, really confuse the defense a little bit with some of those substitution. Um, when it comes to Sertan, uh, I'm not seeing him starting by the end of the year. Honestly, he's going to be in there in so many different sub packages. I mean, right. if we're really to say what are the starters, are we going to say there's there's three cornerbacks that start Callahan, Fuller, and Darby? A- again, 
you know, that's how it's listed for the starting positions. Uh, so he's going to be in there plenty of snaps, though. So it's not something I really have to concern myself with in saying he's the starter. All I care about is how many snaps is he going to get? How much how involved is he going to be in and how impactful he is in those select snaps? Because if he if he dials down those plays for his snaps and understands his what he has to do, that that's really all you can ask for, especially from a rookie uh, who's coming in as a, you know, as a first round pick. Yeah, and apparently, like you mentioned, they're going to move Sertan all around the formation. He can play some safety. He can play some nickel. He can play some, you know, outside cornerback boundary. Um, I will say on paper, I don't think the Broncos want to rush him along too much. That's why they went out and signed two other corners. But keep in mind here, John, Bryce Callahan is an injury risk. Much as I love watching him play, and uh, Ronald Darby has an injury history as well. So if one of those players goes down, it's going to thrust Sertan into a lot more action than the Broncos might be comfortable giving him in his rookie season. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic point. Uh, so if, if something does happen, yeah, he'll definitely be in here. Got Tanner coming in here uh, with a super nine ninety nine super. Really Thank appreciate that. Just showing some love as always, and he's like I said, he's always coming in. Oh. Yes. Uh, so keep it up, boys. State of being. Hashtag Broncos for life. Really appreciate that. Thank you, Tanner. Always good to see you around here. Now, one question. Uh, we'll, we'll get to Beowulf real quick because this is the Mile High Mailbag. We want to get to all of your questions. Uh, and John, Beowulf- you are a football priest, by the way. Not honorary. You are the third football priest. So we are your football priest. It is Thursday, the Mile High Mailbag, and we are here to provide your absolution for all your burning Broncos questions. Hopefully I nailed that. Chad, if you're watching out there, text me and let me know if I got that. But, again, if you have any questions, guys, we have another half hour. So fire them in. We'll try to get to as many as we can. And we got Beowulf coming in here. Sup, fellas? Checking in a little bit late. Uh, So glad practice is finally here. I'm fitting fitting, uh, for some FBI. Uh, Did Chad – Oh, some football. Thank you so much. No one's fitting for some FBI, John. I I needed to understand it. Thank you so much. Did Chad uh, have his little pony yet? Um, why why don't you fill that in a little bit? Why don't you yeah. handle that? Yeah, I've been texting him, you know, on and off today. I asked him about 15 minutes ago, did did the delivery start yet? And he said no. Uh, his wife is still being dilated. I hope I'm not violating HIPAA right now or any personal details, but uh, no, everything's going smoothly though. Everything's on track, and we will let you know whenever we know. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, very excited to, to welcome into the Broncos community. We'll definitely get some pictures hopefully soon. It will be very exciting oh, yeah. to, to see that. Um, and let's see. Maybe he'll make a guest appearance on the show Sunday. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. 
they want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Gonna get some Twitch uh, followers here. Got Veach coming in here. No picks and no ta- and OTAs would mean you don't need OTAs. That's a good point. That's a great point. That's I a mean, good point. OTAs. This is the the again why I think you he threw that interception in the first place is why throw away the rep? Give it to the defense. I really don't know if that rep honestly was him, you know him thinking I, I don't throw it away in practice. I really need to understand that point for me to say that was a full interception because. I, I really am pressed up against it. We're thinking, hey, he had to throw that ball. That's what the coaches would have wanted. So that's really my mindset when it comes to locking that interception. Uh, it's no big deal. You can't you can't do think of that as anything really as a big deal. What's the point of practice uh, if you're not going to use it to get better? I mean, practice is made to make mistakes and to get the 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 bad the kinks out now before the bullets start flying in September. So if we're ruminating over an interception that we don't even know the context. We haven't seen the full play, John. Yeah. We weren't there. I mean, we don't have the tw- all 22 footage. It could have been uh, uh, the ball slipped out of his hand. It could have been a, a numerous things. I'm not going to overreact to one interception on May 27th when I promise you in, in early June and during mandatory mini camps, I'm sure a Broncos quarterback, whether it's Bridgewater, Locke, or Brett Rippon, is going to turn the ball over. And we're going to probably overreact to that too because it's, it's what we do in, in our society now. Yeah, and I'm, I just want to look for a few more here. Uh, let's see. Why don't we grab BNS real quickly uh, with a $2 super. Really appreciate that. Zach, you're okay with bowls. Wow. Crow pie, hashtag all pro bowls. Uh, BNS, really appreciate it. Obviously, you were one of the first people really hard on bowls at first, but I really, you know, you came along, you you kind of ate some of that crow pie, and now you're just you're, you're rolling with it. I really do appreciate that. I misread crow pie at first, and it kind of made my heart uh, skip a beat. But yeah. BNS, we appreciate you. As the Bowles news service, he's always there to provide anything Garrett Bowles. And I'll own up to it once again. I, John, I still get comments on YouTube uh, harking back to when I was tough on Garrett Bowles, as if I haven't apologized and rectified that in the last, what, six months since he's been performing at a high level. So, yeah, I'm okay with Bowles. And it's nice not to have to worry about the left tackle, the Broncos, drafted in the first round to be the blindside protector. It's nice to see him develop into that reliable blindside protector they used a first-round pick on. Yeah, want to get to Nathan Brown here real quick, saying Fant is going to be fire, obviously, this year. I agree with that, but I do want to segue a little bit when uh, Fant was speaking today to the media, uh, just speaking about how the, the team came together for him in his yeah. time of need when he was having the funeral with his mother, unfortunately passed away. I know that was very uh, – for me, I, I can definitely understand why that was so emotional for him. And having that support from his teammates really does show that I think this team is a very close-knit group. 
I think that's something you have to look at and be, you know, really be aware of at, at this Broncos team that this locker room is very strong. I just really want to mention that there's leaders in this locker room, top down, every position, every different, you know, room that you're going to go into, there's going to be a leader in there to, to really support uh, the, the rookies and, uh, you know, get the veterans that are new additions up to speed. Yeah, I I watched Noah Fant's presser today, and it's been, what, a couple weeks, John, since he lost his mom. And I, I the amount of inner resource and strength and character and will he has to go on and do his job and sit in front of the press who are asking private details about his life. I mean, John, I couldn't imagine. When I lost my father, it was, you know, six years ago now, going on six years and I, I quit work for like a month and I was I wasn't in the NFL I was I couldn't be around anyone I couldn't do anything I couldn't function so I give Noah Fant all the credit in the world and I'm so happy he has that support system around him because he deserves it and it's a travesty and it's so tragic what he's been through at such a young age I, I really have a lot more respect for him now after that definitely and uh really do feel that way for him uh, and it's it really again the coaches were also there. I do want to know. So this isn't just the players together. The coaches were there as well. So it really shows again tight knit group. Um, and it, it's a huge deal for me because if you're going to be a team, you know you, you have to really gel together. It it just doesn't work when you're you know nitpicking with each other. That's why when it comes to Bridgewater and Locke as well, there's I don't really expect to hear as much griping between uh you know in as the players at least at this time. Unless, you know, unless there's something bad going on with the quarterback position, that's when you kind of start to hear it. Now, if the coaches would just be there for Noah Fant in the playbook and on Sundays and get him the freaking ball. I I mean, you have a a potential perennial Pro Bowl top 10 tight end, who, by the way, John, is going to tight end you. It's that new tight end camp, I believe, being launched by George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Uh, it's with Greg Olson and Travis Kelsey, but I'm not sure what's going to be the status of Olson with uh, things going on with his son. I'm not sure if you heard about that with right. the hard, if you true. remember. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure where that's uh, going to land, but I really do hope the best for Wils- uh, Olson, by the way, uh, when it comes to that. But uh, we're going to see a lot. Of, that's going to be fun to see. Definitely. Um, and it's going to make him a better tight end, too. And if he's even better, I mean, just get him the ball. And that falls on the quarterback as well. I mean, when in doubt, target Noah Fant. Hashtag feed Fant. I mean, I want to see him just blossom this year. Yeah, I agree with you there. We have uh, Base Gaze. Haven't seen you in a while. Love the, the photo, as always. Great to see you with a 499 Super. Any word on Justin Stranod? Um, does Browning put his roster spot in jeopardy? I'll let you handle this one first, and then I'll, I'll piggyback off of you. I don't think, I I mean, you can judge Sternod and and Browning in a vacuum. And if you compare them as inside linebackers, I just think Baron Browning's ceiling is just so much higher. And he's so much more of a dynamic player. I don't think Sternod, this is maybe my opinion is skewed by the fact I never saw Sternod as a savior at inside linebacker. I saw him as a nice depth piece, and I, I, I like where the Broncos got him coming out of college. But he's an injury prone guy who missed his first year with injury. We don't have that concern with Baron Browning, and he's just more of a sideline-to-sideline guy. He's better in the box. He's better against the run as far as I'm concerned. He has better positional flexibility, can play inside or outside. I don't think it's going to put his roster spot in jeopardy, but as long as Browning stays healthy, I think that's his job to lose, whereas Sternot is a depth player and a special teams player for Tom McMahon, assuming he's healthy. 
Now, I know you all listen to Nick Kendall a lot. When it comes to the linebacker position, uh, he's been saying that the, the position is better than what fans have been saying. I do agree with that uh, in, in some sense, uh, especially with some of the starters. I think there's going to be a rotation, honestly, when it comes to this. Uh, for So when it comes to Sernod, he definitely can earn that position, but how many linebackers are going to be on this roster? Uh, I think the Broncos, you know, or when it comes to Joe Jones leaving to Tampa Bay, Joshua Watson is going to come in and be that kind of special teams ace. So he's technically an inside linebacker. Um, and so, you know, how many are the Broncos going to keep? I don't think Sernod is in jeopardy, uh, but Browning is a nice piece. He was brought in here for a reason to switch things up with the Broncos. But again, you also have to look at Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell with only one year left on their contract. Uh, you, you can't really go into next year with not having any linebackers signed up. Point. So this is just a nice way to have two players you know going to be there, going to be, you know, safe there. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to look what Sternod can do. Uh, but again, rotational piece. I don't see him being in there to be a starter, putting his nose in the ball when it comes to those first, you know, two downs. That's what Johnson and Jewel are there for, to really disrupt those uh, running downs. So uh, maybe on some passing downs, but again, uh, that's not really what I would expect too much to see Sternod, though. That's a good point about the, the the contract situations and the future. And also the Broncos learned this last year, unfortunately. What happens if Browning or AJ or Josie gets injured? And then, you know, you have to have guys on the roster beyond the starters. And you can't have all pros as backups. So Sternod, it's a win-win for Denver. He's a late-round pick. If he doesn't work out, you don't really – you haven't invested anything. He didn't play last year. And if he does work out, you have another inside linebacker. And if he can help come in for two, three, five plays a game, if he can help stop a third down in coverage, I'm all for that. Yeah, agree with you there. And we're going to get Dale uh, Rudd in here uh, with a $5 super chat. Really appreciate that. Checking in late. We'll go back and watch uh, the beginning uh, when posted. Hey, uh, hey, John, great to see you on screen. State of being. Hey, really appreciate that. Just saying hello. Uh, Great to see you in here. Thank you so much. We're going to have to get you your own show. I think the demand is there now. We'll, we'll definitely see it. it got to smooth things out. You know, you see at the start, I'm a little bit slower, but I warm into it. I'm getting running. You get just, we'll, we're going to get there, everyone. Don't worry. I want to get to Jimmy John real quick here when he's saying, what position does Pookie play? Obviously, some people don't know that we uh, he goes by Pookie Williams. So uh, that's, he, he plays running back. Uh, he's Javante Williams. Jimmy John's playing my stomach right now. I'm hungry. I want a sandwich. But, yeah, he plays running back. He's probably going to be the Broncos' future at running back. He was drafted for that reason. And, John, I don't know if you saw, but George Payton was talking about the the, the acquisition of Javante Williams, and he made it seem like no matter what, he was going up and getting him. That was a player that was really, really high on the Broncos' big board. And if you're really high on a running back in the second round, you have big plans for him. So I think he's the future, and he will take Merlo Gordon's job. By year's end, I agree, I have to agree again. On you know we're, we're on the same mindset here a lot of the times, uh, and I do think that he's going to make a play for that uh, starting role eventually. Uh, it's just a matter of, of time essentially. And if if uh, Gordon can hold on to the ball like everyone's been saying, if he can you know secure the ball, maybe it doesn't happen uh, until the later in, in the year. But uh, Williams has a lot of potential, and again, they grabbed him for a reason up top there. Uh, and I think, you know, for me personally, I haven't been able to speak upon it, but I, I would put him ahead of a lot of the running backs that were taken er- a little bit earlier. So, like your Harris, for example, your Najee Harris. Uh, I think that you know you have Gordon there. You have one more year left with him. Really run the ball with him hard. You have that again that last year left. Don't feel worried about saving his legs or anything like that. 
you're able to ride him a little bit. Save save Williams maybe for the playoffs once he gets a little bit more accustomed to the the scheme. But he's also great at blocking. I do have to right. note that as well. That makes a very valuable player. And the good thing about Williams, unlike Royce Freeman, the Broncos aren't getting a running back with no tread left on his tires. I mean, he wasn't used that much in college because he was splitting carries. But John, I, I, speaking of you know s- s- spouting off, I want you to address Tom here. Two dollars super. Thank you. Uh, Tom, is John a Locke advocate? So, John, please tell our audience how you feel about Mr. Drew Locke. Let him hate. That's how I feel. Uh, I'm definitely a Drew Locke supporter. I think he has all a lot of different tools that are really working for him well. And for when it when it comes down to grading him off of again, 18 games. That's basically one season now. As we have 17 games now in this season. Again, he switched from Skangarello into Shermer. I really don't have this mindset where he we have to get know him by year by going into year three. The Broncos have two more years with Locke. They can also franchise tag him by the end of that. So if things start to pick up, Locke starts looking well, then there's a lot of different options. Locke has a future here. They can start thinking about that. But again, he has to prove he has to prove it. So I think Drew Locke, he came in to, into OTAs. He's looking the part. Now it's just a matter of can he actually follow what Shermer's plan is for him? And does he actually fit within Shermer's plan? I know that's something that I'm not convinced when it comes to Shermer, but, uh, you know, it, it's it's one of those things I, I'm very fond of Locke, and I think he can be a top 16 quarterback, top 15 this year, and, again, develop further. You, you don't want to say by year three, you know, he's no longer going to develop as well. I, I just don't put that on any player. I don't think you would put that on – you. we put that on Bulls. We saw how what that happened. So we're, as BNS is always talking about, are we going to are some of us going to have to eat crow pie when it comes to lock? I think so. But again, at the same time, if he doesn't perform, I understand moving on when it comes to next season. I just shudder to think what the franchise tag is going to look like by the time his contract's over, John. Like fifty million bucks for one season. Uh, miss me on that. But we have Nas jumping in, nineteen ninety nine super. Thank you so much, Nas. Good to see you. By the way, you've been. Uh, infrequent in the podcast lately, but we always appreciate your viewership. He said, hey, brothers, what, if any, changes in approach do you anticipate from this coaching staff this season? Okay, John, I'll take offense. That's the more exciting one. You take defense. Uh, offense, the, the whole approach has to change. I mean, they let Philip Lindsay walk. I, I still don't understand that, but they have Pookie Williams. They have Merlot Gordon. They have Freeman. Uh, they have Mike Boone. They have a fairly competent backfield. But they have the receivers, and I think the offense should go as these weapons go. I mean, why surround any quarterback, Locker Bridgewater, with the likes of Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, Noah Fan, even Alberto, Tim Patrick, I mean, Tyree Cleveland. You have playmakers literally sprawling throughout the offense. So the, the approach on offense should be from Pat Shermer, get out of 1995 and come into 2021. Push the ball down the field, be creative, and keep opposing coordinators on their toes. Keep them up at night, having a game plan for those weapons. I mean, he he has such a blessed situation, Pat Shermer, and he's squandering it. I mean, other uh, play callers out there would kill for these weapons. Look at Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. He has one receiver and one running back. Look at what the Broncos have by comparison. So push the ball down the field, get the weapons the ball, use KJ Hamler in space, you know, target Noah Fan. get... Uh, Cortland Sutton one-on-one, help your young quarterback out, and just play 2021 football. That should be the approach on offense. When it comes to the defensive side, I'm really thinking this is – you're going to see what you saw last year. 
it, there's not going to be too many changes. The coaching staff, uh, they have the, the the big difference is they're getting their players back. So that, that line's going to be healthy with Purcell hopefully coming off that Liz Frank injury. Uh, Jones as well kind of had that knee injury a little bit midseason, so he's going to be healthy, going to be a force to reckon with. So I think what you're going to see is a lot more when it comes to just uh, the Broncos aren't going to need to overcompensate for certain uh, issues with their defense. Uh, so you're not going to see as much Alexander Johnson coming in those A-gap blitzes because you know you're going to have Chubb and Miller coming off the edge to get that pressure so you're not going to need as much interior pressure especially if uh Metelvin Najim can come in there and start to you know step up a little bit get some um pressure when it comes to the passing downs a little bit for that uh especially so I think it's just going to be a lot more calm what you see when you saw from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they kind of uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, they really did use a lot of what the Broncos did. So I think you're going to see a lot of similar stuff like that going on again. And again, just not overcompensating for certain deficiencies in that uh, in in the defensive scheme. And for the love of God, stop playing cornerbacks 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. You have man-press corners throughout the secondary. And I know you play a lot of zone coverage, but don't give the defense this cushion. It just puts your secondary in bad positions. And I know that's predicated on pass rush. And like you said, John, if Fangio doesn't like to blitz sometimes, he gets extremely conservative and he's allowing his, his horses to get there. But sometimes you have to blitz. Sometimes you have to bring the pressure because it dictates the quarterback how they're going to respond. Oh, I better be on my toes. They're going to come after me. You have to get in their head. So I agree with what you said on defense, but just be a little more aggressive in terms of blitzing and in coverage from Fangio and Donatel. Yeah, that's a great point about press as well. Uh, that could definitely benefit. Get, just giving them a little shove at the beginning of that the routes. Yes. You know, just set them off a especially little bit. Especially tight ends. Uh, I agree, especially there with the tight end position. But again, I don't want those easy completions. I know it's bend but don't break is kind of the philosophy, but don't give up those easy five-yard plays and have it second and five. Make it easy for the uh, for the offense on third down to make a decision on a you know a run or you know able to play to their strength. You want to keep the the offense off balance, and I think we're going to hopefully see more of that. Yeah, Simon jumping in, $10 super. Thank you again, Simon, so much. He goes, any worries about interior pass rush? Shelby Harris is solid and Draymond Jones is a stud, but I can't think of other D linemen who can get to the quarterback. Are we lacking in good depth pieces? John, you just rattled rattled off a few of them, but Deshaun Williams, I think, is a guy who has a lot of breakout potential. I mean, he kind of came out of nowhere. He's almost like the last couple years version of Shelby Harris where no one knew his name, but he just makes plays. They let Demarcus Walker go, but they brought in Najim last year. And I, Deshaun Williams, I think is the biggest beneficiary beyond Shelby Harris and Draymond Jones. What do you think? I, I agree with you there. I think in terms of interior pass rush, I really do like uh, Williams. I think, like you said, last year he came on very well. He was very impressive. I think on third downs, you might see him a little bit more uh, obviously with Purcell. He's just, he's, he's a run stuffer. He eats blocks. So if you're going to send someone on a blitz, maybe you do that. Uh, But I think the pieces are there again, depth. It's going to be a little bit of an issue for me. I don't, I know we brought in Stevens from Minnesota. I really just a depth piece to me there. Uh, Don't see him being a pass rusher. Uh, So again, when you're point to talking about those a gap blitzes, that is one of those things where the Broncos had to make up for the deficiency in that interior pass rush. Um, so that is probably my biggest concern on the defense right now. But it, again, there's always going to be some some flaws in defense, and there's you know we don't know what other names are going to be available later. We're still you know there's still plenty of ball to be played. They're, we're just starting. 
I mean, one guy that's a super, super, super dark horse that no one talks about is Isaiah Mack, who the Broncos signed really early this offseason, spent some time in Tennessee, and I believe with New England. You never know. With Bill Collar, these gems can be polished and turn into freaking pro bowlers, John. So that's as long as they have Collar in the building, anyone they bring in behind the starters, they're always going to be impactful players. That's one position I'm not worried about. Well, that's great to hear. And again, last year the Broncos were playing with Sylvester Williams again. So I think, again, you're going to see much (laughs) better uh, players from there, and you should be very excited. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. About that, and it is going to be a better going forward for this year. Yeah, no more of the Billy Wind in Denver. But Shane Daniels uh, jumping in, $5 super. Thank you so much, Shane. Good to see you around here. In your opinion, besides quarterback play, what is the biggest thing the Broncos need to improve on this season? Hashtag go lock, hashtag go Broncos. First thing, I mean, comes to my mind, it's not anything the players have to do. It's the coaching. All around, the coaching. Uh, Not just on Pat Shermer, but McMahon should be – I don't know why he has a job still. He should be on the street right now. And Vic Fangio. I I mean, we saw multiple times, not just one time, but multiple times last year, look at the first game and look at the finale in in particular, where his defense or his coaching, his clock management or lack thereof, hurts the Broncos. So – 
yes, they'll go as Lockos or Bridgewater or whoever, but if Fangio keeps blowing timeouts or doesn't use them, if he does, if his defense can't get off the field to save their lives, it's really not going to matter. So I look for the coaching to also hit their potential, and I'm holding them to the same standard I'm holding to lock. It's put-up or shut-up time for the Broncos coaching staff. I'm with you there on the coaching staff. I will think about a little bit more when it comes to the player side. Um, and when it comes to that, I think uh, they need to improve really when it comes to, you know, I'm just trying to think about it. I, I would say, you know what? I'm going to have to go with the coaching staff. This, this, this roster is set. I, I have to admit it. Really Besides, is. It really is. There's a lot of potential here. You have explosive players on offense. You have Fant. You have Oak, Oak Wabenam as well. Maybe the Broncos need to improve on getting their tight ends blocking, but I think Munchak can assist on that. I really do agree when it comes to that. I mean, the smallest things is on the players, like tackling and blocking and catching the ball like Jerry Judy, but that's also taught from the coaching staff. That's a discipline thing, and that's a, that's a regimen thing that they're instilled into them. So to me, it trickles down from the coaching staff. But we got Brian Greenfield hopping in. John, $25 mm-hmm. super. Thank you so much, BG. Good to see you. Hope you're having a great Thursday evening. What did I miss about Drew Locke with an E versus Teddy Bridgewater? We'll give a quick recap, Brian. We uh, we opened up the show talking about this, but the Broncos had their third, you know, full-scale OTA practice today, and both quarterbacks were on the field throwing, of course, and practicing. And the Broncos shared a video where a quarterback, we can't see who it is, threw an interception to Justin Simmons, and by process of elimination, people determined it was Locke throwing the ball because Bridgewater and Rippon were on the sideline. So that's the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway you're probably reading about, Brian, is the overreaction to an interception that we don't know the context of on May 27th in voluntary OTAs. But like I mentioned earlier also, there was another video, Brian, that came out earlier today. Two lock, two passes, one from Locke and one from Bridgewater. The one from Locke was a, a slant, a rifle right in the breadbasket, in stride, no problem, beautiful ball. The one from Bridgewater was a little slower and behind Tim Patrick. So we can all overreact. And to answer your question, that's what you missed, the overreaction about Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Yep, definitely uh, had that same feeling uh, with that as well. Um, going to – let's see if we can get someone that's not a super chat real quickly. Um, <laughs> we'll do a r- rapid fire time. We need like a little horn from now on. I told Chad about that, but – when we get to like 10 minutes and under, we're going to do like a rapid fire round. Right. That's, that's a great idea. Really want to get uh, Willie really quickly here in the shop with Willie. Uh, he wants to do a show with me. I would be uh, pumped to get you on here and do, uh, you know, especially, if, uh, you know, you came on before. You very, very well spoken when it came to Aaron Rodgers, your opinions. Definitely great to have different opinions, strong opinions, because it, it makes us all better. Uh, you know, I don't agree with everyone when it comes to their their thoughts on the Broncos, especially, you know, with the podcasts. But at the same time, I get better every single time I hear I hear Eric speak. I hear Nick speak. Every single time I get better. And that's really the big thing. So I would love to be able to speak with you and maybe do a little bit of a, a give and take. Uh, got Veach coming in here, 2112 on Twitch. Uh, starting fast and playing with a lead would be would be what has to improve most, in my honest opinion. Money. Yeah, I pulled this question up, John, because I want to give some love to our Twitch audience. And Veach, thank you for tuning in tonight. But this is a comment that I think is fair because it puts the onus on the coaching staff. Starting fast is on the coaching staff. I'm sorry. That's game preparation, that's intensity, and that's discipline. But playing with a lead and not squandering a lead or putting yourself in a deficit, that falls on the players. So, Veach, I, I perfectly agree with you. 
the Broncos have to improve roundly from last year, and it's not one or the other. It's not A or B. It's A and B. It's the players and the coaches. Yeah, the Broncos do have to come out of the gates firing. Uh, you know, and that's also talking about the schedule. The Broncos cannot have another start where it's 0 and 3 or, you know, you get 1 and 5, anything like that. The Broncos have to come out, take advantage of you're playing the Giants. I know the Giants got a lot better with uh, who they were able to bring in free agency and things like that. But still, you have Daniel Jones. You got to attack that team. Uh, so I really think the Broncos have to start with their schedule as well, start out fast. And I think that, again, comes yeah. with fast quarterback play, getting him into getting Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater into the rhythm immediately in the game and really just no hold no no holding back. Get everyone involved as quickly as possible. Beat the teams you should beat. I mean there's no reason why the Broncos can't go into week three. By the way, possible MHH meetup in week three against the Jets. There's no reason why they can't be two and oh going into that game. But Sam jumping in again, I five dollar super Sam, thank you so so much. He goes, my future fantasy team wants to know if I should take fan over Gronk, Tanyan, or Kyle Pitts. Your thoughts. John, I don't know how big into fantasy you are. I'm a pretty I, – I love fantasy. I play it every year. I'm not into the DFS. I'm more into the year-long type of fantasy. I know I'm a, a dying relic of, of years past, but I, I would take fan over Gronk for sure. I think that was lightning in the bottle that, that passed last year. Tanyan is with the Packers. Um. You know that name. I'm just going to be frank Isn't with you that guys. Robert Tanyan? Didn't yeah, he stay I, I believe that's a Packer, but uh, you know, I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, and but, and Kyle Pitts. I'm sorry, John. Real quick, Kyle ahead. Pitts in that offense. If they trade Julio Jones, which it looks like they will, I mean, his target share is going to be astronomical. But he still has Kyle, uh, Calvin Ridley in that offense. You don't know what's going to happen with Matt Ryan if he's going to stay healthy. But then again, you can't really trust Noah Fance in this Broncos. It's, and that's sad to say, not because of his anything, any fault of his own. You can't trust Noah Fant in fantasy because of the Broncos offense, because of the quarterback play, and because of the coaching. When those things improve, he'll become a weekly tight end one. But maybe in the middle round, Sam, if you want to grab Fant, he can blow up at any time. And if he's used correctly, and it's a shame, if he's used correctly, that's a thousand yard, eight touchdown guy, minimum. Yeah, I agree with you. When it comes to fantasy, I'm not the biggest fantasy fan, but um, depends on the round as well. If you're getting you know mid round, you take a little bit more of a risk. Um, but Kyle Pitts, as you were saying, you gotta love if he's able to get those, those targets. Um, and Calvin Ridley is you know more of the feature wide receiver as Julio Jones is traded uh, hypothetically. Yeah, that's a that's a nice pick. That's a nice pick. If he just a top five pick and a tight end, you better just be force feeding him targets. So I, I would say Kyle Pitts, I think fairly high. But if you have a spot on your on your bench, Sam, I would grab Noah Fant because again, if he pops off, I mean that's just an all star, all world talent. But Dale Rude jumping in again, Dale, thank you so much, man. Five dollar super. I want to see the defense get more turnovers. Haven't we been towards the bottom since Fangio came in? It seems like I haven't seen a turnover since the Super Bowl, John. Since SB50, back when Von Miller was strip-sacking Cam Newton, they haven't been forcing those turnovers as good as their secondary's been, having the pass rushers and Fangio. They're mostly just a bend-but-don't-break defense, though. They would, they're willing to see the yardage, see the field goal, and preserve giving up a touchdown. But with that comes no turnovers. And it's, it's surprising because Simmons was the only guy creating them. They made him you know, one of the highest-paid safeties or whatever, the highest-paid safety in the mm-hmm. NFL – but they got to get that production from more people. They need it from cornerbacks, from linebackers. And that's why you saw the Broncos go out and draft Pat Sertan. That's why they drafted Baron Browning. That's why they brought in Kyle Fuller, who's known to create takeaways. 
Ronald Darby, not known for that, so he'll just be hopefully locking down people in coverage. But his addition will allow the Broncos and opposing quarterbacks to hold the ball for a split second longer. And when you hold the ball for a split second longer, one of two things could happen, a sack or an errant pass, which could result in an interception. So the numbers, if they don't go up this year, John, I mean, that's a fireable offense to me off the bat. There's no excuse with this pass rush, with the secondary, and with the coaching why they can't tee off on more quarterbacks and force more picks. Yeah, I know the Broncos have been getting a lot of their turnovers, unfortunately, from tip passes on the defensive line. I know that it's great when you see Harris do that, but I'd like to see more turnovers where it's, you know, like you're saying, having more pressure, having the, the quarterback hold the ball for another split second where the cornerback can go ahead and make a play. Maybe there's more press, as you were saying a little bit earlier, getting yes. more aggressive yes. when it comes to your cornerback play. Uh, because the Broncos really do have to get those turnovers. That's how you get your offense in great positions to make those different plays, to be able to get ahead in those early stages of the game. So I really do think uh, the Broncos have to get more to that and not rely on so much when it comes to you know Shelby Harris and those great tip passes. Yeah, we have some comments that are saying, you know, coach, coach, coach better and catch, catch, catch better. And these are all fundamental things the Broncos can improve at. And if they do, uh, they're going to be a force this year. But Christian jumping in, 499 Super. Thank you, Christian. So good to see you. He goes, hey, guys. And by the way, guys, we're officially past the hour mark. That doesn't change regardless of Chad and I, John and I. So we're going to have to kind of wind it down. But we'll get to every question we can tonight. We don't leave any superstars, John as Chad would say, in the dark. So, Christian, hey, guys, any news on Chad? Said it this morning, but with Gordon's fumbles, Williams takes his spot by the end of the year. Thoughts, hashtag, let him hate. Nothing new on Chad. He hasn't texted me back, so either he's ignoring me or he's kind of busy right now. But uh, last I checked, everything's still, you know, the process is still ongoing. They're still waiting for the delivery to take place. And, again, when we know, there'll be a post, I'm sure, on Twitter, on Facebook, channel post pictures. You will know, Christian. In terms of Williams, though, we said the same exact thing, or at least I did. I mean, it's only a matter of time. It's when and not if that Williams takes Merlot Gordon's job because he's not an $8 million a year running back. He's really not. And the Broncos are so, so high on Williams to not only take one in the second round, but to trade up for him and pretty much intimate we'll do whatever we can to draft you. This is a guy who's going to be the long-term starter. And I'm right there with you, Christian. I think not even by the end of the year, by Halloween, it could be Williams' job. I'm with you there. We spoke about this a little bit earlier. My opinions are Williams was taken very early, and the Broncos obviously saw something in him. Williams also offers a lot on third down. He he just offers so many different options for the Broncos. Also is a good receiver back, receiving back, and I know that wasn't something that Gordon, we didn't see him do last year as much as we would have thought, especially when we, the Broncos signed him with that huge you know, $16 million deal for these two years. Uh, I think that's something you're going to see, hopefully, Williams do a little bit better, and maybe that's something that pushes him over the edge compared to Corey. Yeah, and Kyle jumping in, $10 super. Kyle Whedon, Wielden, I'm sorry, uh, says congrats to Chad. First of all, yeah, we all extend our uh, congratulations to Chad. And uh, Kyle, thank you so much for hopping in and, and uh, dropping that super. We appreciate you. If you have a question before we get out of here tonight, uh, please feel free and we'll uh, we'll get to it. BNS, yeah, though. I'm sorry, yeah, John. Real quick, BNS jumping in two dollars super. If the all if and thank you, BNS. If the offense rolls this season, hashtag the lock blessed monster. It's okay. So I, I actually love the lock blessed monster uh, concept. <laughs> to me, it, it's I have to admit, for me, it's it's funny, um, especially if you can you know get a, a cool T-shirt to go with that. I think if uh, Lock does well this year, maybe we can 
think about that as a shirt or something like that. It's a, it's a cool idea. You let us know in the comments what you think about that. Um, but, uh, one other thing I want to get to real quickly, we have some stars I know coming in from Facebook, uh, Brad Murdoch, you're always in here consistently. I'm sure we have Gary Lee Palmer's so many other people that, um, come in here every single day. Travis is the one who always does, uh, also does it as well. So I really appreciate that. Unfortunately, I can't go and look back and see those right now. Uh, but we really do appreciate it. And again, thank you so much. Uh, probably have Claude as well coming in here with, uh, go Broncos. Hopefully got, we're able to get, uh, to some of those questions, uh, for some of our superstars on uh, Facebook as well. Yeah, we'll uh, keep scrolling through the comments here. Any questions? Again, you guys, we're winding down. We have a super from Mike, $5 super. Thank you so much, Mike. Good to see you. He goes, we have a chance to be relevant this year. Yeah, we the Broncos do. And more than that, they have a chance to go back to the playoffs this year. They have a chance to really make their claim in the NFL that they're not this basement-dwelling loser franchise. Real quick, John, little tangent. I saw a tweet, and I believe – I'll put him on blast. I believe it was from U Fantasy or U Stadium Fantasy, whatever. It was some infographic that kind of ranked teams by tiers, and and I don't want to misappropriate the bottom tier, but I believe it was like dog poop or dog water, something really disparaging, and it was like the Lions, the Raiders, and the Broncos, and they don't belong there. They're not that. They're a proud franchise. They won a title not that long ago compared to teams that never won one, like the Lions, for example. So they're going to be more than relevant. I think they're going to be a double-digit win team as far as I'm concerned. Nine or ten wins, you know, maybe 11 wins, a wild-card berth, and they're going to make some noise. Way more than relevant. Yeah, I think relevant is definitely uh, – they're going to be a contender, in, in my opinion, if if Locke can get things going. I'm not saying a um, Super Bowl contender necessarily, but this team really is has so much potential when it comes to uh, if, if they can all live up to it. There's so many different weapons on offense. Where do you – who do you not go after? I mean, if you're a defense, who do you say, okay, we're going to let this guy be on single coverage and let him do his thing? If you do it with Sutton – deep ball. If you do that with Judy, he can take a slant and take it to the house. Same thing with Fant, as we've been talking about all day. Um, so for me, the Broncos can be relevant. They could have been relevant last year, in my opinion, too. So yeah. uh, laying that aside, though, um, want to get to Travis here, kind of saying the same thing as well. Just want to give a shout out to him just because, again, he's he's always in here clutch supporting us. Um, it's, uh, it's time for the Broncos to win again, again, being off of that. The last five years have been hard to go through. If this year goes bad, it would be great to hire Eric Bieniemy. He's a former Colorado buff and definitely has a lot of insight on the Chiefs, and I know he wants to be a head coach. Uh, I definitely like the, the Colorado connection, but I went to see you, so that's kind of a little bit selfish on my end. Uh, but when it, you know, when it comes to Bieniemy, I, I would be excited with him, but I, I don't think I'm looking to a coach right now thinking about that um, just because – I, I really want to see what this season brings, but it is it definitely is a, a thought for the future. Yeah, and the good thing is, and thank you, Travis, for your comment. The good thing is, John, it looks like in the next coaching cycle, it's just littered with offensive minds, and most of them young. You know, Eric Bieniemy, Kellen Moore, Greg Roman, Brian Dayball, all those are names for the Broncos to attack next offseason if they get to that point where Fangio is no longer employed by Denver. Uh, but I believe, I don't know, did we get uh, Dave and George's super? I do not can, remember. So go ahead and throw that up if you can. I don't. Can you look in the back end? If oh, you can I'll go get ahead and on. do that. I'll look okay. in the back end. 
Uh, why don't you handle this one with Nathan Brown, if you don't mind? I said yeah. I was going to get to it a little bit earlier, so uh, yes, go sir. ahead in this. with. Uh, oh, yes, okay. Uh, Nathan wants to know, what's up with the Jalen Smith rumors? And we were talking about this, John, before we went on tonight, and I haven't heard anything out of Denver linking them to Jalen Smith. I've heard out of Dallas that apparently the latest rumor, they try to move him during the draft. And according to WalterFootball.com, and – I don't know how credible they are, John, based on their history, uh, but they said that teams that were interested in Smith looked at his game tape and were no longer interested and de- de- declined to pursue a trade. I don't think Dallas wants to move him this year. I think they want to let him play this year with Micah Parsons, Leighton Van Der Esch, and, uh, and Randy Gregory, who they have on defense, and let him walk next offseason or cut him. I don't think the Broncos, on the other hand, would be interested. Why would you take on a linebacker who is – his entire 2021 salary was fully guaranteed. So $9 million bucks you'd be taking on. You have Bradley Chubb. You have Von Miller. You drafted Baron Browning. You have AJ. Why would you want Jalen Smith, who never blossomed into what he should have been coming out of college? He's a very underachieving and overpaid linebacker. So I don't know where those rumors stem from, Nathan, but the Broncos have no use or no need for Jalen Smith. Yeah, I saw those rumors as well. The first place I saw them was Chat Sports, so I'm not really sure where that came from. But again, uh, they do they do good work, so uh, I know some of those rumors I've been hearing around. But I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's one of those things where I don't think expect uh, to see Smith come here. It just doesn't make a lot of sense when it comes real quickly to Dave from Georgia Super. We did get that. Uh, I do want to thank him again though for the ten dollars super, saying uh, still the best podcast uh, Broncos podcast out there. If you don't remember that uh, super, so really appreciate that, Dave. I know. Uh, You've been going through some stuff, and really just great to see you in here and uh, be able to participate. Yeah, I just uh, he's such a great uh, listener and such a great uh, supporter. We want to get him twice. We'll take a couple more questions here. We're at an hour, eight minutes. I'm about an hour, nine now, so we have to hop off in a second. But I want to get some non-supers to close up the week of podcasting today. Jack Kenna on YouTube. Thank you, Jack. What do you fellas – what do you fellas record versus the tough AFC West? So what do you think the record would be, the Broncos versus the AFC West – can we remove the Chiefs? <laughs> or, let's, let's go ahead. Let's let's just separate the Chiefs. Let's let's nah, handle the Chargers. I think they can go, they, they can go one and one. I, I mean, there's been times where they've gone kind of toe to toe with Mahomes in Kansas City, and they could take him down if things broke a certain way. So they could go one and one, but I'm not holding my breath. I think they can sweep the Raiders, and I think they can sweep the Chargers. I, I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but I think it can happen. You know, I agree with you there. When you looked at last year against the Chiefs, the Broncos competed with the Chiefs up until the second half, if you remember. They really were uh, going toe-to-toe with the Chiefs. It's one of those things where the the defense eventually broke. Players were getting hurt. They were coming off the field. You can't limit that offense for four quarters without getting uh, getting points on the board with your your offense. So I think that's a big thing if the offense can produce this year. I do see it as being a potential with the Chiefs one and one split. Uh, Raiders, as you were saying, I think that's a, a potential two and zero, oh, especially with. Uh, I like to think if it's at full capacity with uh, the season, like we're hearing uh, that the Raiders at the Raiders game, the Broncos fans can just do a little quick trip on over to Las Vegas and uh, make that a little bit kind of a neutral site, so it can be two and zero. Oh. And same thing with the Los Angeles Chargers. It's always kind of with the, with the Chargers, you you know it's going to be a little bit home field advantage for the Broncos. Unfortunately, uh, when they're away, so uh, greatly actually. So uh, I think the Broncos can definitely become uh, get five and one if they live up to their potential. Not sure if they're going to, as you said. 
Uh, yeah, apparently Dave had a question about Deontay Spencer. So Dave, I, maybe we can't get it in the in the back chat. So if you have the, be sure oh, to pop the uh, the question again. Okay, there it is. Is Deontay Spencer on the bubble? And thank you for your patience, Dave. I, it seems like John they want him on the roster for one job, which I and I know you feel the same way. I hate it. I mean, you used his second round pick on a receiver who had punt return experience and return experience in college. Why not double up? Why not get some use out of KJ Hamler, especially if you're not using him on offense? I, yeah, I would. I would say he's on the bubble. He'd be on my bubble, but the Broncos seem to like him, and McMahon seems to like him, and we all know the influence McMahon has in that front office. For me, I, I think I've said this a lot of times when we were speaking privately. Deontay Spencer. He's he has to be on the bubble. For me, he only his value is only in the kick, kicking game and punting game. And the Broncos are having were having huge issues when it came to that last year. How many times did you see Locke backed up at the five yard line? How many times did you see the coverage? You know, do something where there was a penalty. I'm not saying that's all on Spencer, but when Spencer has to has that feeling of hey, I know what my role is with this team. It's to return punts and kicks and make explosive plays. He's going to take those inherent risks uh, more often that I don't think he needs to make. He can let the, the ball go ahead and go back to the end zone, make some fair catches. That's just simply what I haven't seen from Spencer at all uh, when it comes to the Broncos. And I don't see other value when it comes to him on the offense. You have so many different options. Cleveland, Hamler. Cleveland, it, it, Cleveland can return just as well. Um, so right. we saw him returning kicks at the end of the year. Uh, we saw Callahan returning um, punts uh, because I felt like he was able to make those secure catches and really uh, not put the Broncos in those bad situations. So yes, I think Spencer is on notice. He has to perform at a top rate level in order to stay on this team. And apparently we had a troll in the comments, and he's been dealt with Low Lip <laughs> McGee, which just Low sounds lip. like a Kansas City fan. Uh, he's in timeout. So uh, Low Lip, see you, buddy. Uh, yep. I want to just give a shout-out real quick. Jeremy hopping in. Again, the new proud record holder of the Super Chat, Superstar uh, Donations. Thank you, Jeremy, so much. And again, guys, if you're a gamer, if you're into Twitch, follow this man, Black Knight 323 on Twitter. I promise you, great follow, great Broncos fan, and great support, uh, supportive member of our community. Thank you again, Jeremy, for your generosity. Really appreciate that as well. You know, I uh, I love to watch you on Twitch when we speak a lot there. So uh, we'll definitely uh, speak soon. But, John, I believe we are caught up on Super Chats, and we are about an hour and 13 minutes in, so we have to wind it down for this evening. I'm going to just give my little goodbyes real quick, and I'll let you handle the matters of business for tonight. But thank you guys, everyone, for tuning in tonight. I know it's a little bit of a different kind of podcast, not having chat here, but I think John killed it. I always have a lot of fun talking with him, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed as well watching us on here talk about Broncos OTAs the overreaction to interceptions and the whole quarterback battle that's just getting started. We have a lot more to go over in the weeks ahead. And yes, yeah, Sam five and one versus the AFC West split with Kansas city. I would love it. And you know what? It's not that unrealistic again, guys, the Broncos will make some noise this year. Bet. Yeah. And uh, just wanted to say thank you to everyone. It was a, I had a great time. Obviously I started off a little slow, but we got things running. Like I said, we would. And I felt like this was a great pod. I really do appreciate you guys being with me. Um, and as we're getting out of here, why don't I run through some matters of business really quickly? This is the Huddle Up podcast. Really did enjoy it. Uh, thank you so much, Zach. You can follow him at Kelberman NFL as well as me at John K M H H. Uh, feel free to get. I would appreciate it if you gave us a follow at Huddle Up Pod on on Twitter 
as well as the Mothership account at Mile High Huddle. There you can get, you're going to see all of our articles come up there. That's where you see them immediately posted. So if you want to get the most breaking news when it comes to the Broncos, be able to see those clips as we were speaking about when it comes to those throws from, from Teddy Bridgewater as well as from Drew Locke and be able to see those not as we're just speaking about it. Head on over, be, you know, become a, a follower there. And also, Come on Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle. Become a supporter. Click that little blue button, uh, and you'll get great content when it comes to uh, Eric Trickle and his Trickle Zone, as well as you with the Kelberman's Corner. Uh, I'm not sure if you have anything to give a sneak preview yet, but okay, we're going to keep that quiet, And uh, as well as with Kim Becker. She's she's great as well. Uh, if you're able to and in a financial position, would appreciate it if you were able to visit our store, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. Um, really appreciate that. There's definitely some new stuff coming that I've seen some some concepts on, so very excited about that. And the last thing that you can do that makes the, the biggest difference, again, subscribe, like, share, reach those new fans just like you. Uh, really appreciate that. Any last words as we get out of here, Zach? I have no last words unless you do, John. I just want to say another thank you to our wonderful audience uh, for tuning in all week with us. Another great podcast tonight. We'll be back in the saddle Sunday night, though, uh, for our usual uh, Huddle Up podcast. Um, I believe Chad will be back. I don't know. He'll uh, you know update us on his status for that. But I know by Monday he assured us he'll be back in the saddle. So it might be John again on Sunday night. But regardless, I'll be with you guys, our supporters, noon Mountain Time, Kelberman's Corner on Sunday. Don't miss it. Back in the Saddle Sunday Night Huddle of Podcast. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend, John. Have a great weekend, everyone out there. Take care. And as always, come on, John, with me. Go, Go Broncos. Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.